Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today, we're going to talk about probably what's maybe like the hottest topic in commercial real estate at the moment, which is just the lending environment. And everything that we're seeing there is a as a reflection of interest rates going up and then banks just kind of getting skittish, losing their appetites maybe. And I don't know if you've, if anybody out there has a deal under contract right now and you're trying to get financing for it, probably noticed it's, it's, it's harder to get financing for a deal than it was a year, two years ago. And um, I've been talking to a lot of other operators who both have live deals right now um, that are they're trying to get closed, but then also they're running into issues with the banks on their current deals. And so I think, Today's episode, we're just going to talk through like how to navigate these these troubled debt market waters. What do you think about that, Dan? I mean, we have a lot of experience the last few months yeah. uh, <laughs> doing this ourselves, and we've heard a lot of stories and seen a lot of things. And actually, I was just chatting with somebody uh, a little bit earlier today. Um, it's an investor of ours, and her son was going through the process of buying a house for himself, not a rental property, mm. single family home. Um, but he's, you know, probably like you know, the, the ideal candidate for a mortgage. He's a high paid uh, doctor, really simple kind of financial picture, W2 income. You'd think that, you know, people like that in this environment, just to buy a house to live in would be having a pretty easy time. But even for those of you just trying to buy a single family house, it's infinitely harder than it was a few years ago. So it's, it's tricky, but it's not impossible. So we're going to talk about how we've been navigating this. Um, Allow more time, first off. Just totally. assume it's going to take longer. We used to put deals under contract and say, yeah, we can close in 60 days easily, probably more like 45. These days, it's at least 90, if not like 120. It used to be the case that if you tried to put any kind of financing contingency into your LOI, like it was just going to be tossed, tossed out and laughed at. Um, but these days, I, I think it's becoming more and more common now. And you need it. I, I would not go into contract on a deal unless you have some kind of financing contingency in there, some kind of right to be able to continue extending or just being able to get out of the deal if you can't get the debt terms that you're looking for, because it we've seen this on our deals. We've seen this on other people's deals where the banks are coming back in the 11th hour and just completely changing terms, which is usually such a no-go because when the banks do that, they lose so much brand reputation, right? Like Not if they all do it at the same time. But yeah, if they're all doing it at the same time, they're like, yeah, what, what are you going to do about it? And yeah. it's like they're, you know, all the banks are kind of in cahoots because they're like, yeah, we, we have the power now to, to kind of be difficult to work with. Yeah. And I think I'm going to give some of these banks benefit of the doubt. I don't think it's an intention to try to bait and switch people. I don't think so. I think that because things are changing so much on a daily basis, you know, terms are presented and then 30 days later we might be in, you know, in a very different world. And so banks are like, yeah, this is, it's just different than it was 30 days ago. So Mm -hmm. I get that, but yeah, it's, it takes a long time. So it's almost guaranteed that there's at least going to be a delay, if not a bank falling through and you having to start over again, put a deal under contract. So just plan on that happening because if it doesn't happen, hallelujah, but it probably will. And be, be prepared to answer a whole lot more questions than typical. This is again, a narrative that we're seeing 
and hearing over and over and over. Um, and I had somebody ask for us. <laughs> I had uh, on this deal that we're working on now. One of the questions from underwriting was, "Can we see an org chart for Invictus Capital?" <laughs> and I was like, "Well, sure. Uh, there's two guys." <laughs> That's it. Do you it's, need a picture? It's not so much a it's not so much a pyramid as is just kind of a straight line, two points, two yeah. dots. And so my response was like, I can send that, but I'm gonna feel like a dick if I send that because it's gonna, it's gonna look silly. I, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, it, yeah, I was like, this is a silly question. I get why you're asking. Maybe you don't realize how simple our company, yeah. our corporate structure is, but. Yeah. Anyways, but be prepared for that. They're going to be. They're asking more questions. It used to be like banks would kind of throw money at you. You get these great terms, and and now it's not just that they're raising interest rates. You know that's one concern. But you know the other side of this too is the amounts that they're loaning. Like the loan to value is very very different and um, much more conservative now than it was just uh, nine ten months ago. We used to get back in the day. We get eighty percent LTV on properties. Yeah, and and those cash flowed at three percent, but. These days, I mean, I thought I was being conservative a few months ago, plug it in 65%. I was like, oh, yeah, this is the, you know, probably the, about as low as they would go LTV-wise. But, I mean, we had one bank come back recently that we were originally having conversations with about, you know, 60 to 65% LTV. And in the 11th hour, they come back and say, yeah, you know, across these properties, there's a few properties in the portfolio. Across these, we'll give you between 35 up to 48%. There wasn't anything in there above 50% LTV. That's, and I was like, <laughs> is this a joke? Is that's, this a typo? It's <laughs> like when you first read that, you're like, wait, is that what you're asking us to bring the to the table? Because usually we bring yeah, Those are 30. down payments, right? Those are down payments. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, no, that's all they're going to loan. Uh, that and, was basically just a very... And this is this is happening across the board. We're talking yeah. to operator. Um, she is in different markets outside of uh, the Twin Cities. And so like she ran, they ran into a similar issue. Like banks are coming back and saying... 50% LTV. And what's funny about those assets is that they came back on the appraisal over. These so it's like were <laughs> appraised and cash flowed well. at They, they cash flowed at 70% LTV. They cash flowed well at 65%. They crush it at 30. Yeah, they crush it at, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But at that point, it's like, why do you even what? need debt? Just yeah, need cash at that point. But yeah. Anyways, so yeah, I think it's like you need you seem to allow a lot more time. Mm-hmm. Assume that your rate's going to be whatever the the kind of market rate is at the moment. Just add twenty basis points to it, and then drop your LTV down to where it is way below where you think it should work. Get the deal to work there, and give yourself about six months, and you're probably good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> six months is a is a good buffer. The other thing to think about in terms of navigating these waters is, um, you know, that's just on the acquisition side, but on the operations side, I'm hearing a lot of stories from very established operators that, um, you know, they're getting their banks coming back to them now calling certain um, covenants, kind of like almost esoteric covenants do. And so something to think about is just uh, how well do you know your loan covenants? Have you gone back through and like reviewed them? Because when times were good, doesn't really matter. Banks don't care. But as times are getting rougher and maybe, you know, banks have 3% loans sitting on the books and now they can get 7 8%, then now they're a little bit more incentivized to, you know, look at those things with a, a magnifying glass. And some people are being caught with their pants down because certain covenants that they just never even realized mattered, suddenly the bank decides do matter. So... And I think a lot of that has to do with the regulatory environment as well. I think there's just more eyes post SVB and that stuff that happened earlier this year. I think regional banks just have more eyeballs on them from like a compliance and regulatory standpoint. Mm-hmm. So it's it's usually coming from the top. It's not your 
personal lender just deciding to give you a hard time. Like they're getting pressure from all over because some banks just are in a really rough spot, right? They, totally. they gave out way too many 3% loans and there's, they're caught in a situation where their income is 3%, but they're paying out five and a half on their deposits. And that's, you know, that's a negative cash flow situation for them. So it's just make sure that your banks are, are not too concentrated and they're not in a tough spot because it's, it's the, the banks that are in trouble. They're probably going to be harassing you about little things like these covenants. Yeah, you know, banking is usually such a great, easy way to make money until, you know, it's not. And then it's really not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a great time for them to originate some new stuff, right? Totally. Yeah, if they can lock in some long terms right now, they'll be psyched. I mean, you might not be so psyched, but yeah, it's it's difficult. It's different times for sure. So if you're going into an acquisition, just like Dan said, plan for higher interest rate, uh, plan for it to take way longer than you think and underwrite for a lower LTV. And if you can make the numbers work there, then, you know, move forward. Cause I think there are really good, that's, this is the crazy thing. Like this is, this is the funny part. Um, everybody always talks over the last decade about how, um, you know, we're overpriced and you got to wait for the opportunities and everything like that. But the problem is like when the opportunities to buy stuff appear, the capital to go and acquire those things gets harder. Yep. So if you rewind to 2010, 11, 12, great time to buy real estate. Everybody unanimously agrees on that. The problem wasn't that nobody could see the deals. It was that nobody could get the capital yeah. to fund the deals. So we're back kind of into that place where getting the capital, both on the debt side and the equity side, mm-hmm. we don't even talk about raising capital yet. Like that's difficult, right? In this market too. So yeah. Another tip, I guess, to kind of wrap it up is assuming you do, you are getting a deal done, you know, be really cognizant of your maturity. Um, it's become painfully clear over the last year that if you weren't doing that previously, you could find yourself in a pretty tough spot if things are repricing or, or maturing at an inopportune time. But you also want to make sure that you set yourself up. If you, if you got a deal that works great at seven, seven and a half percent interest, it's going to work really great at, you know, four to 5% yeah. interest. So make sure you are in a position to take advantage of that. Don't lock in something with some aggressive prepays. Um, for the next, you know, 10 years, you want to put yourself in a position where maybe you can negotiate those prepays so that when rates do start to come down, you can take advantage of them and you're not stuck with seven and a half percent for a decade. Yeah. What's that? The, what's the thing that Dave Ramsey says? He's like, date the rate. Yeah. Date right. the rate, uh, Buy marry the, the price or the something. Price. Yeah, it's not him. Everybody says that. Um, he says it a lot. I think he's the only one I, I think about him when I think about that, because he's always so pro, uh, pro, uh, anti-debt. Mm-hmm. So there's like the one pro debt thing that he talks about. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, that's, that's, that's it. That's everything. Um, good luck. Godspeed. Be careful out there, but, um, you know, don't, uh, don't, don't give up. <laughs> that was so inspirational. Yeah, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.